welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about Andrew's top five property investment mistakes and what you can learn from them. So we're going to go through Andrew's top five <laughs> stories of when he's messed up. What's number one? So I know I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but it was a favourite. Everyone seems to delight in my mistakes. I've made, I made <laughs> plenty of them. I've made plenty of good decisions, but the mistakes are way more memorable than the good decisions. Oh God, there was one time when I just had such a battle with some tenants. So I made some tenants move into a property and I did zero screening of the tenants. I just took the first tenants that offered to pay me the extortionate amount that I was I think I was asking for rent 5% higher than maybe what the market it was because the market was good at that stage. Someone signed up, did no screening of them, put them in there and they were such piss. I remember them ringing me up and they said they wanted to have their house spider-proof because, you're, did I tell you that? I, uh, I know the exact property. She, she, was, um, she was really tense. I'd seen this big spider. Oh, well, that's okay. I'll spider-proof it. A couple of hundred bucks, no problem. And I did that and then I just opened the floodgates for complaints. Every second week there was a complaint about something from these tenants. And in the end, I was just like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And again, you'll notice that they're calling me. They're not calling a property manager. And so in the end, they just stopped paying the rent because I wasn't complying with all these demands that they had of things that they wanted to improve. This brand new house, there's nothing wrong with it. And it ended terribly and ended up in the tenancy tribunal where I'd made some mistakes like not lodging their bond. It was the first and only time I'd made the mistake. So I did learn from that lesson and then completely ended with me having a $5,000 judgment for rent arrears that I had to try and recoup from them. And to serve them with that judgment, I had to track down their address. Now they weren't very keen on giving me the address. So (laughs) this is where I took apart a DVD player that I had at home. For those of you young listeners, a DVD player, oh, never mind. Um, It was back in the old days before Apple TV. This is because they'd left some stuff at that property, right? And so what I did is I was dropping that off to a police station for them to pick up, which is the common ground. And so I took apart this DVD player and I planted a GPS tracker in it. Was it their property or your property? It was my DVD player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't take apart their property. And so what I did is I unscrewed this thing, but I knew that they'd be delighted that I'd mistakenly put this DVD player in there. And so I put this GPS tracker in there that I bought online and you'd ring it and it would ping the address and then you'd put the coordinates in. And so I'd just ping it every five minutes until it was stationary again. Then of course I got in my car and I drove past. Oh, that's their Holden Commodore in the driveway. And so now I had their address. That's my favourite story. (laughs) I can't believe that I had to do these things. To be fair, you were probably 24, 25 at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was young. Young girl. So anyway, what was my mistake there, listeners of the show? Being stupid enough to not use a property manager. So I thought in my head, I know a thing or two about property. I mean, when you're 24, you know a thing about everything, don't you? So, you know, you think you can handle all these things. And honestly, when property is going good, it's so easy to think, I can do this all myself. I don't need a property manager. When things go bad, I mean, I was out of pocket. By the time everything was said and done and some damage to the property, I must have been out of pocket seven or eight grand. It was like probably four years worth of property management. And it wouldn't have got to that situation of me unscrewing and soldering in a GVS. Did you solder it up? No, I didn't. I just added that for effect. So I wouldn't have got to that had I just used a professional. So that's probably one that always jumps to my head when I think about things I could do better. Now, what have I learned from that? Well, now I own a property management company, so I can't ever have a reason not to do that myself. 
So let's come to the next big mistake that you made. What's the next one that jumps out to you? Well, I remember a really challenging time when I was trying to build a portfolio at a very drastic rate. So I was buying up lots and lots of properties because I had good income and I had good equity or what I thought was good equity. And then the LVR restrictions came in and my bank manager rang and said, not only can you not borrow any more money, but we want you to pay down debt. Now, of course, (laughs) that's quite painful for us property investor paying down debt because you want to use your money to expand your portfolio. So my big mistake there was having a huge reliance on one bank. And probably actually a big part of that was thinking that the bank was my friend because I had a really good business banker at Westpac, awesome guy called Mark. And he just, you know, he would approve everything for me. And then Mark got a promotion. And I got stuck with this absolute what called Jeremy and it was so painful and I just couldn't get anything across the line. I think it was part of, because the banks were tightening up their criteria, they were bringing in guys that were no guys rather than yes men. And because of that, not only did I hold back my plans of buying up all of Christchurch at that stage, but it really put me in a challenging financial position because any spare cash I had, had to go back into paying more debt, which, you know, wasn't fun at all. So my lesson there is don't just work with one bank. Don't think that your business banker or your private banker is your mate because they're not. They're subject to the bank's policies and the bank's policies can change at any time. Next story I'm going to tell you is actually one that's recent where one of the properties that I've got and is just, it's not fit for purpose anymore for me. And so I've put that on the market to sell. And I actually thought this would sell in a month's time. It's a good location. It's It's a great spot. And it's been a painfully slow sales process. Is it because of the real estate agent you're using? Because you've used a friend. I've used a good friend of mine and friend of the show, Mickey Limmer, who as much as I would love to blame him and do blame him, (laughs) (laughs) it's not his fault in the slightest. I tell you what the issue is. The issue is that this is a classic case of Andrew Nichol not listening to his property managers and deferring maintenance. So I remember a couple of years ago, I got an email saying, oh, look, there's a leak in the shower of one of these properties. You know, you need to fix that. So rather than rip out the whole shower and put in a new one, just spend the money to keep it up to the standard that it should be, I did a patch up job and and did, did what I need to do to kind of get it working again. And it's worked. But of course, the tenants kind of weren't that happy with the job that I'd done. And so they've, no one's really looked after after the house in a way that it probably should have been. Did you do the patch-up job? No way. I was going to say. I've learned from other lessons for that. But the problem is I've done it on the cheap. I've tried to do the lowest amount of spend to get the highest amount of return and, and just carry on and just keep out renting out that property. Whereas I probably just could have done a better job. As a result, now you've got people who are going to buy that property at a much lower price than what it should be. So I will achieve significantly less than what I thought I was going to achieve when I sell that property, purely because someone's going to have to go in and do a bit of work to it. Why don't you just get somebody to do the work now? Uh, the reason I was doing this was because I thought I can't really be bothered doing the work right now because I've got a baby due any day now. I just want that one off my books because I don't want to re-rent it for another year and then I'll reinvest that money. But it's probably getting to a point where you know it's hard to decide what is the level that I accept before I use that mental bandwidth to focus on that. We're very busy at the moment. I don't have a lot of spare time to oversee a project. Maybe I start that project and then there's more that I need to do. That's the issue. 
Yeah, okay. So I suppose the main lesson in this situation is? Deal with maintenance as soon as it comes up and make sure that you are actually listening to your property managers because you want to make sure that the tenants feel like you care about the house as much as they should care about the house. Okay, okay. So I think we're up to story number four. We're up to number four. Uh, 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 number four, I think, is probably one of the bigger mistakes that I made in my earlier career of investing in property was when I got to a point where I just couldn't borrow any more money and I was only two or three properties deep and, and the bank was just, no, you don't, have, you don't have enough equity to borrow properties. I was thinking, oh, but hang on, I've gone to every property investment seminar under the sun. I know everything there is to know about property investment. But my mistake was listening to everyone that told me to chase yield. Chase yield, that'll be what makes you rich. Well, it might produce some income, but it wasn't making me rich. It wasn't building up my wealth. And so therefore, it stopped me borrowing more money from the bank. But more importantly, you know, it was giving me this piddly amount every week out of my portfolio, but not maximizing my wealth. Property going up in value is what makes you wealthy, not the income you generate from it, unless you've paid cash for it. And I certainly wasn't paying cash in it. I was doing everything with minimum deposit. And so my mistake was chasing the yield when I was young. And while that might be a good strategy for someone who's nearing retirement, it wasn't the one size fits all that I'd been told that it was by going to property investment seminars. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And give us story number five. Story number five was back in February 2010 when there was a massive earthquake in Christchurch and all of a sudden you had my entire portfolio at risk of damage, at risk of tenants leaving, at risk of tenants not being able to pay their rent because we had this thing called an earthquake. And all of a sudden I thought, holy hell, I have invested so much time, effort, money into building a massive portfolio, I might be broke. Because if the banks all of a sudden say, well, you need to pay those mortgages or we're going to sell them, and you've got no one buying properties in Christchurch because we didn't know what the hell was going on here, was I all of a sudden going to become unraveled because I'd invested too much in one area? I'd invested in the area that I knew, the area that I lived, and I'd just become so saturated in a single market that a single event outside of my control could have wiped out my entire wealth at that stage. Yeah, that must have been quite scary at Very that time. Very scary. Not only that, but I was a mortgage broker. I couldn't write any mortgages at that stage because banks weren't lending money against houses. So all of a sudden, you're in a position where your income is at jeopardy, your assets are at jeopardy. You're going to go backwards really, really quickly. Yeah. And it's very easy to say, well, that's a once in a 50 year event, or that's a once in a hundred year event. But if you live for long enough, you're going to have one of those in your life at some point. And I think the other part to that as well, because I was doing so well, I always say it's the gambler's luck. You know, you hear about people telling you their success story and because they're successful, they keep gambling, right? I was so successful in the Canterbury market that I thought, why the hell would I ever invest somewhere else? Every time I buy a property, I make money. Why would I go anywhere else? I tell you what, if I'd been smart enough and probably brave enough to invest in the Auckland market at that time, I would have had a whole lot more equity than I do today. So let's wrap up these five lessons for us. Number one was your DVD player one, you need to use a property manager. Number two, don't be reliant on one bank or one bank manager. Number three, deal with deferred maintenance or deal with maintenance when it comes and don't leave those things. Number four, don't chase yield if you're wanting to build wealth. And number five is diversify. 
Fantastic. So those are the top five property investment mistakes from Andrew and what you can learn from them. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to build a property investment plan, if you want to actually plan out how property can be used to hit your financial goals, you might like to come in for a complimentary portfolio planning session. This is where you'll sit down with a financial advisor and actually build that plan using our own software. Look, if that sounds what you're into, just text the word plan to 5522. We'll be in touch, see whether it's a good fit. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the use of the property market. Until next time, 